You're listening to Lost in Sound. My name's Paul Hanford. I'm a writer, a podcaster and a DJ in Berlin. And I've always believed that one of the best ways we come together is through music. And through this series, we meet the innovators, the outsiders, the mavericks, the people who, when they make music, they do it utterly in their own way. Past guests have included Peaches, Chili Gonzalez, Ghost Poet, Leticia Sadier and first and more. And each week, I have a conversation with someone who I think approaches music in a fresh and exciting way. Hey, how are you doing? I hope you're well. I hope you're good. Great to chat with you again. So I took a bit longer of a of a summer sabbatical than I kind of imagined. I imagined I'd be off for a few weeks, but it's actually been almost like two months, hasn't it? Um, you know how it is. You sort of take a break, then suddenly the mind starts working on something else and, and a, a new project has started to materialize. It's a little bit too early to talk about here right now just because you know what it's like you you have to kind of keep these things you have to keep sort of food in the oven until it's cooked really don't you but I can't wait to share that with you soon I am in um, Corner Park in Neukölln in Berlin it's it's a beautiful little Versailles style you know Marie Antoinette very French style park in the middle of Neukölln the noise you can hear in the background is a great big fountain they've got there. Um, I can smell a little bit of weed. I think there's like uh, some kids getting really high on a bench very near me. I, I don't react too well to weed. I used to be when I was a, a lot younger, but that's a different story right now. Whoa. Anyway, 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 today on the show, you're about to hear what happened when I had a chat with Angus Andrew a.k.a. Liars. Angus Andrew from Liars. Angus Andrew kind of is Liars. Over, oh, well over 20 years now, being the kind of one consistent member of, of the musical project Liars. And I was super excited to have this chat because I've always viewed Liars as being one of the most creative and constantly evolving projects to have emerged out of a really significant point in recent music history well just general music history of new york in the early very very early 2000s when you have bands like the strokes and yeah yeah yes and black dice and liars and angus andrew has always made it very very clear from right from the beginning that this kind of idea of being pigeonholed in some kind of scene or having some kind of identifiable sound as anything like as anything else sort of terrified him and 
it's been interesting to kind of note that the albums that and the music that liars have made since over 10 albums have, have always just kept evolving always kept sort of just redefining their sound redefining what it is and what i love the most is that it's not just that the albums evolve but that each one sounds like it exists only only in its own universe um so we had a chat and we had a chat a few weeks ago um i should warn you a little trigger warning that we do discuss mental health and um medicinal drug use in this episode there's also a few little glitches few little zoom glitches i was speaking to angus from where he lives which is an incredibly super 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 remote part of the world you'll hear how remote that is during the interview as well i was really excited before we chatted and a little bit trepidatious i guess because he's one of these people that puts himself across in the music or comes across in his music and and like the related stuff like artwork and videos as being i know i guess a little bit intimidating perhaps in my mind i imagined anyway um i thought he was going to be a little bit intimidating but instead this is what happened you're somewhere quite remote how remote is it you can only get to where i live by boat um and there's no um you know like town water or anything um and uh yeah and the uh, uh, you know we collect our own rainwater and um yeah and there's no shops or anything like that um but you know it's it's relatively close to you know mainland community like proper world but you do have to you know what separates us is is a, is a boat ride like a 10 minute boat or 5 minute boat ride oh wow i mean it, was this uh, how, how long have you been living though was it was it like a kind of a conscious decision to kind of get away from those aspects of civilization or or is it just something that just kind of happened yeah well, yeah a bit of both really i was actually living in la and then and then made the decision to move to where i am now so i've been here uh, I think about five years now. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was a, a series of um, things that happened. I just like after being in LA and 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 living, I'd, I'd lived basically my whole, you know, adult life overseas from Australia. So there was a. I, I always had this yearning to come back here, but 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 you know, having lived in 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 only cities around the world, I I just I just didn't. I knew I didn't want to live in a city, so. I I found a place that is actually like close to being in a city, but but then also feels really super isolated. Um, but yeah, the the whole boat thing, like I was never, I'm not like a boat guy, you know. I and so, you know, I I it, I just kind of bit it off before I knew how to how to chew it really. And and um, yeah, I I'm still learning, you know, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it must be kind of like because living so long in cities as well where every kind of convenience is there for you and it does sort of change how we are as people in terms of like you know there's our instincts can become a little bit less or changed in a certain way from just having everything around us with it must have been kind of like a real jump to kind of getting used to not having these things around you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I do remember like it, when we were living in LA, like we would actually get into arguments about 
what we were going to order or like, you know, what different type of food we were going to have that night, you know. And so here, yeah, there's just no possibility for that. So you just, you're, you, you, yeah, every every single meal is cooked. And then, and then people often say to me, well, what do you do if you like forgot to buy the milk or whatever? And yeah, I guess you just, you just get it the next time you go into town, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's fairly simple actually. Yeah. And, and the other, the other interesting thing that I learned real quick, uh, after we moved here was the tides, um, would have like this significant like influence on things because the where I park my boat, like it can get beached, you know, because the tide will go out. And um, and there's certain times in the day where you just you can't avoid that. And so that just means that you can't get over to to get that milk or whatever. And and so that that's when it starts to feel a little bit more real. But I we we always say like the longer that we can spend without having to cross the water is 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 like a win, you know. So if you can go like a, a week, you know, without having to go there, then that's nice. That's nice. And, and do, you, do you find like the longer you're there, the longer that you can kind of get prepared for the longer gaps without going on the boat? Yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. You become much more self-reliant and, uh, yeah, things like that. Um, no, but, you know, look, I, I, I romanticise it. It's, mm. it's also, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of drawbacks. Like the way I work on music, for example, is, is, has to be stripped down to what you want to take in a boat that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I long sometimes for that, that house with the, you know, the big basement or something where I could have a bunch of gear, you know. I mean, it's kind of interesting to say that as well, because the new album as well is for the first time in a few albums time, you've collaborated more with other people and had more of a band kind of thing in that. Was, was, was there any sort of connection with living where you are to kind of wanting to kind of record with other people again? Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. I, I I did the last two records here offshore is 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 the way we refer to it. Mm. And um and that that's pretty much all like, you know, that's in the box really. I mean, I had done some recordings in some studios and brought them back here, but um yeah, most of that stuff is is you know, despite, you know, you know, recording the sounds around me, it's it's all within um the computer mostly. And so I yeah, I just started to dream of of those you know acoustic spaces where things can happen sonically that um you know it's just not sort of possible in 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 the sort of setup that I have here so yeah that's why I wanted to uh, I wanted to I wanted to go into the studio and I wanted to work with with people who could sort of help me expand the landscape a bit um because you know I'd started writing demos for this record and I I just immediately knew the the songs were just not going. You know that that I needed to to I needed gonna need help. I always could see them in this very sort of grand scope, you know. And so I wanted to. I, I just needed to offer them as much as as I could, and and and, and more than I could really. Yeah, right. And it must have been it must be really interesting as well, kind of leaving certain things over to other people again you know did it kind of sort of was there a sort of like uh was there a feeling when you're in the studio again after several years with other people of going oh yeah I remember I remember like how that yeah. reaction is 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I was so jazzed. I, I just, I, I don't even think I ever even touched an instrument when I was in there. I was just like bouncing around like, you, you know, try that, do that again, drop mm. that on the ground. You know, like I, I just like, cause I knew that I was also collecting, you know, and, and everything that, that was, was being captured was, was going, it, it was, you know, I, I, I then, you know, I took away that material and I, it took me, it, it, you know, I brought it all back here. So, you know, in a way it was kind of like a hybrid of, of, of how I'd done things before. And, um, and yeah, I worked on those things a lot. So yeah, so everything was possible and everything, you know, was usable in that way, which, which, uh, which, you know, given the amount of time I, I could spend with it, um, you know, allowed me to take it where it needed to go, I think. I, yeah, I, re I really love that way of working as well. I think, um, I mean, I don't know, like, sort of how far, like, you know, our influences are also sort of varied and strange and don't always sound like the music that we make. But I've always loved, like, uh, um, like, say, like, Can in the 70s or, or those Miles Davis albums where that kind of approach was done, you know. Do you, were, yeah. Were, were those, are those albums, those kind of eras and musics kind of, do they mean something to you? yeah they they do they do um they do and and then and then i'm i'm also inspired by i've i've just learned to be inspired by people around me but mm -hmm. I, I, you know only only fairly recently like i i i don't know i i felt like a lot of for a lot of time i've like you know the way i've made things is to try and try and avoid as much influence or or other people's involvement as much as possible because it just sort of like worked that way for me and I and I was maybe afraid to mess it up or something you know but a turning point for me was when after coming back here I started to um, I, I I was asked and um, to do some judging for a, an Australian music prize and and it required me to listen to um, you know, pretty much every Australian album that was released in whatever year I did, it was 2018, 2019 or something. And, um, yeah, I just never listened to that much music before, really. And I had also never listened to it so specifically, like, around me, like, where I was living. And so for the first time ever, I just wanted, like, to be part of that sort of community, you know. Like, I found I found interesting voices and um and that were really inspiring to me. So I, I, I really just felt like, you know, connecting. That must have been. How, how long did it take you to listen to all, all of those albums? I mean, how many, how many works were there to listen to? Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I forget the number, but you know, mm. it's split up between it's split up between the judges. Um, and so you, you sent like, uh, you know, you sent like eight records every two weeks for like a period of like two, three months or something like that, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's intense, man. Um, but it really helped me like just, just open my, my bloody eye, eye and ears, you know, um, to, to things. And it, it's just was really inspiring to me, you know? That's amazing. And I think, I think one of the things I've always liked about your work is that there seems to be this, kind of constant curiosity you know and what you're saying there I kind of feel in a way that that's just maybe another stage of 
sometimes curiosity coming in though and people have written a lot about how each album changes but it's also like the music itself doesn't seem to want to doesn't seem to kind of like have really obvious reference points it seems to be driven by something else I'm not really sure what that is but you know do you do you feel like to me, I feel that there's a sense of intuition that kind of drives a lot of your work. And I don't want to put words in your head, obviously, but I just feel, it just feels like even the way the sounds come in feels very intuitive. Do you, do you, do you work on intuition or am I just talking absolute bollocks? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're, you're right on, man. I like, I, uh, I, it's, it's a sort of a, a naivete that, that I've, that I've had, um, from the start where I just, I, 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 you know, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm doing and I, and I've really guarded that naivete so that it can, I can always, I always want to protect the idea of like feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. And, and so that why, so it's pushed, it's pushed me to sort of, you know, find new or different tools to use with each record or, Sometimes it's just like moving, moving from from one city to to another to make a record, just to force that um, that position of of new newness, and and so that everything if has a has a has a slightly different perspective, and and I can feel um, you know like uh, like I, I want to feel like a kid in a candy store most of the time when mm. I'm making the music. I, I just want to feel like I'm I'm experimenting, and it's just and it's and and I, I I just follow what works, but I, I it, you know, and I it's it's my way of working, but it's certainly like it, it's certainly a detriment to the idea of advancing in one's skill or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I wonder often what I'm, you know, I'm just like sort of forcing myself to not learn you know, enough about something so that it always feels kind of like exciting and new, you know, which is, is a weird kind of setup for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, like sort of like creativity should be a pleasure, shouldn't it? it you know, I mean, I know we've got yeah. to like, we've got to put like food on the table as well, but I mean, there must be, there must, there's got to be a reason to sort of, of pleasure to make anything rather than just kind of do, do like anything else in life, you know? Yeah, I, I know, I know, but it, but there is like a, a, an awe you can have of like um, immense skill, you know, at at someone who plays the guitar or paints or you know rides a skateboard. You know, it's like someone who's like dedicated themselves to that particular thing so much that they are like beautiful. You know, I I just have never been. I, I never never went that way. You know what I mean? Like I never. <laughs> I never aspired to that. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it kind of makes me wonder, like, who else, like, maybe everyone has got, like, these things that they're always in awe of about other people. Like, maybe maybe Miles Davis, for example, was in, in, in awe of someone who, I don't know, I don't know what he would be in awe of. Maybe he's someone yeah. wouldn't yeah. have awe. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's totally true. I think that's totally valid. I, you know. All, all those, all those possibilities are real, and, and like, um, like the other thing that I sort of 
started to pick up like because I had this day yesterday where I wanted like I've always kind of listened to Liars albums but I had like a day yesterday where I just like went through every album one after the other I live in Berlin and I was sat in this cafe and it was really sunny and I just sat there listening to each album kind of watching how they change and or listening rather to how they change and wow um, it was fun it was fun I think I drank too much coffee doing it but it was fun but one thing I kind of sort of noticed more and more is that um and I think I noticed this to begin with with Broken Witch um it feels sometimes that like in terms of like talking about intuition that there's sometimes something a little bit kind of spooky going on or like a little bit like an incantation like I'm like I don't know do you do you feel that you have to get into a certain kind of state when you're making music, you know, because it sort of feels yeah. like it kind of leaves the body a little bit in a way. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think the most sort of intuitive, you know, version is, is that primitive kind of thing. You know, I always thought, you know, the drum, that's it, man, that you just, you just bang the drum and that's, that's the that's kind of the most important piece and it's the simplest and it's you know um it's the most straightforward and so the easiest for me to like you know feel connected to in that way you know in, in terms of what we were talking about before with skill and all that so yeah i i i've always been drawn to that more primal like um you know basic you know thing in us um and with 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 music I think that's the best part for me is that that it's it it's it can transport you to that that sort of feeling where you know yeah those primal those those instinctual things really just fall out of you you know they you you don't you you can lose the inhibition and 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 those things come out and I I I don't know for me that's just like a a, a great state of being you know mm. you know and I wonder you know maybe that maybe that's another like topic to to delve into is like you know why why do you want to why do you want to feel like a, a <laughs> you know a, a baby maybe <laughs> yeah but we all do it don't we like um um when it's like when you see people uh, in, a, in a rave or something like that they're, they're exactly yeah they're all in this i've been on it myself countless times and all, all in yeah. this strange sense even though i know it's gonna hurt for days afterwards yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh yeah i mean because it's something also to do with the just physical part of it too isn't it and i uh I did I did a lot of experimenting with um with psilocybin mm. um ma- making this record and it 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 really you know taught me a lot about that sort of immediate kind of physical connection that you can have with music you know where mm. it's it's it, it's like you know making making it and your body is telling you yes or no you know in mm. relation to the musical decisions you know and I, I i it's the same really as feeling that bass in the air when you're at the rave or whatever you know it's just like you, you know it's like you can tell you know yeah that's it's really interesting that it's like um i mean i haven't tried cybacillin for like years and years and years but i do remember like this kind of sort of feeling of like sort of like like synesthesia sort of physically 
feeling sound like you know or yeah. maybe eating some chocolate but then it sort of feels like my mouth is kind of folding around the chocolate and and stuff stuff like that did it yeah. did it lead, did it lead you to places that you think that you wouldn't have gone to otherwise definitely definitely yeah definitely i i, I mean i was i was also like you know trying to experiment with it in a in a sort of a mental health way like mm. i had been i'd been taking like you know chemical um you know anti-anxiety sort of things for years and years and so it, it just it just coalesced that at this time i was also like trying to trying to get off those and 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 a way of doing that is by microdosing with this with this stuff and so Part of it was also sort of that kind of trying to remap, you know, the neurons or, you know, mm. something. There's, you know, the, I, I kind of believe in in that or I certainly feel like it's 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 been benef- beneficial for me in that way. So, um, yeah, so part of it was 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 like that part. But then but then there was also this this creative part, which is just always you know for me it's just always there and I, I i so it began to influence i think the record a lot in in that i i had uh i'd taken back the material from the studio like we were talking about mm. with Lawrence and Cameron and um and then was able to sort of embark on a journey with the with the material and and my mind you know mm. and uh and so yeah it was it was it just sort of, it happened that that period of time was 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 also when the world was locking down and so it just like everything was just like you know i'm already isolated so it's it's mm. not a huge difference but but in terms of the world's you know consciousness it all just felt like a, you know everything like slowed down a lot and um and it was a yeah it was just it was a it was a productive time for me yeah, it's it's so interesting that that kind of coalesced around the same time as well. Like you'd finished with recording most of the sounds, I gather, you know, with the band, and yeah, and then and then yeah. this happened as well. You know, it feels like um, yeah. we're in this sort of time now. I'm kind of noticing, like, even uh, films are coming out now that were made during. You know, we we sort of caught up with what people have been doing for the last year and a half. It's, yeah. it's interesting how it's sort of changing art in a way. Yeah. I tell you what it'll be. It'll be um, perspective when, you know, a few years down the track, maybe we'll be able to, be able to see that better or something. I don't know. I, it, it's hard to it's hard to gauge time at the moment in terms of what 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 is happening in the world. And, and so the last couple of years, I think, will we'll end up as this kind of, spot that we'll be able to see from a from a mile away you know? <laughs> yeah right and we, we probably need that miles distance to be able to actually understand yeah 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 how did um you know did you, did you have any sort of like when you were when you were growing up so uh you grow which part of australia did you did you grow up in well i was actually um born in the philippines um oh, okay. and then my and then my family moved here when I was a couple of years old, and so we moved to Melbourne, and and I lived in Melbourne until I was twelve, and then uh, and then we moved to Sydney, and I and I lived in Sydney until uh, I finished um, school at at seventeen, and then that's when I'm that's when I moved away. And were you into music by that point in Sydney? You know, before you moved away. I had no I had I was fully into music I just I I had 
know, I hadn't learned yet that mm. the possibilities of of it. So I, I was friends with people who played in bands, and I, and I was so into music, but I just never, I hadn't figured out the idea that you didn't have to be great at at playing something. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, there's there's so many like gatekeepers of of like being amazing at playing things in a certain way that it's sort of oh full on man yeah. especially in, in Australia in Australia that seems to be like super strong too it's like mm. you've got to be able to do play some covers you know at a pub <laughs> to to sort of really be a musician you know and mm. uh, it's just never something that I I was interested in at all but so yeah so so then I you know when I was when I was yeah uh, I, I moved to New York uh yeah when I was about 17 and that that was maybe like a bit bit too young to do that but I'd been pretty excited to 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 get out of Australia when I was growing up here I just kind of felt like I was missing like things in in a in a sort of uh, you know not only a geographical way, like, you know, I wanted to go to the heart of this, of, of where everything was happening. And that to me at the time, that was New York. And, and so, uh, so I went there, I think it was in 1994. Mm. Um, and yeah. And then I, and then I didn't come back for like, uh, you know, 20, 20, 25 years. Wow. I mean, I mean, at 17 as well, that must've been like, you know, quite a big deal to it sort was, of arrive yeah. in a new a new continent. I mean, I know like there's a shared language and a lot of shared culture, but just to sort of actually all of the kind of technical things you've got to do and orientation. Exactly. And stuff and exactly. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I just, I just was naive. I thought that, Oh, you know, I'll just like get these, I'll just get jobs like working in, you know, cafes or whatever. And I just, I mean, I don't know what I thought, but I was, I was obviously, you know too young and I was whatever and so I was I was just broke for man I was just like in a lot of a lot of trouble uh that way for 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 a while it took me a while to like get myself figured out and I um ended up um going to school which was what what I what I probably should have been doing yeah Mm. And what about when the first sort of uh, playing music with other people, or when you're in New York? How did how did the kind of how did your kind of relationship with music kind of solidify or come about? Well, it was actually when I went when I went um, to art school in Los Angeles. It was, mm. it was a few years few years after that, um, and uh, and I met Aaron Hempel, who who I began lives with, mm. um, and. He he wasn't at art school. He was living down the road, but he worked at a record store. And um, and uh, I just became super close with him. And he had been playing in bands like all his life already, you know. Mm. And he's like, "What do you what do you do? What do you mean? You don't need to know anything, you know." And he had this trunk of like CDs that were just like all the music that I needed to hear, mm. you know, su suicide and stuff like that, you know, and I just, and, and we just like would skip class and, and, and he moved into my studio at, in, in art school and we just like bought a four track and that really buying a four track was when I realized that it was possible to, 
to, you know, put something down that was going to stay there and then work on it and then play it back and realize that was, re- you know, I, I, I realized the potential immediately. Was, was that one of those old sort of tam, Tascam kind of four? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I, lo- I love that the, you know, you have to always have that decision of when, if you're going to bounce down and is everything ready uh-huh. before you can bounce uh-huh. it down? Are you going to lose uh-huh, it? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I couldn't get enough, man. I, um, yeah, I, 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 like I said, like, you know, I was there for, for art, um, but, but, you know, quickly just like, moved into this idea of 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 sound really and just mm-hmm. um uh experimenting so much with that four track and yeah and so and so it was about a year or so after that that um that I had finished school there and mm-hmm. um and we packed up a, a truck and with the with the four track and and a couch and and drove it to New York and and that's and that's where we we like you know really started to try and you know, play with people. And we found two guys who were amazing musicians, Pat and Ron. Um, and we were able to, yeah, put put our first record together, which was something that I just, you know, I I never I never considered um I never considered something that it would 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 be, you know, listened to at all, even. Mm. You know, it was a it was more an idea of just being able to like make a vinyl um that was the goal you know um and and so it wasn't until after we made that first one that and and people like reacted to it and i i just was so i was so shocked that people you know were trying to sort of define a sound and it was it was really shocking to me that that moment like where okay so there's people are actually going to listen to this and so i need to consider what um what we're going to do you know and um because up until that point it was just like you know this sounds awesome we're playing you know Mm -hmm. um and then and then it was sort of like a real a real lesson when you know you put out the put out your record and then people are saying oh well you know they're inspired by this and they you know it sounds like this and and i i was just like shocked i was like well how Mm -hmm. That you the idea of a pigeonhole was really just like felt like strong, and I just was like, oh gosh, you know, we're going to we're going to sink the ship and go in a you know completely different direction, which is which is what happened with the second record. Yeah, yeah, that must be. I mean, it, it's it's such a sort of a strange thing to sort of like have people. I mean, we 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 sort of saying you were sort of shocked at as well because you know you previously sort of said that you kind of doubted your abilities compared to say like the conventional gatekeeper way of doing things so was it was part of the surprise that people that you know people like accepted and embraced the the work yeah yeah absolutely um and then i think it was just like compounded because of the timing because we were there in New York at the time mm. when everything sort of got, got interesting. And, um, and so there were a lot of people who wanted to, wanted to talk about it, you know, and I, yeah. So I was just shocked um, mm. that, that of that possibility and, and, you know, and, and to, 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 
certain extent, I still am pretty shocked, you know, that I, I, I still, you know, I do, I do go like, whoa, I mean, this is, this is, you know, it's been a while that I've been doing this now. And um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's pretty surprising just in the same way. Uh, that that era as well is like you know I mean it's it's sort of like it's on the cusp now of becoming kind of mythologized. Oh I yeah, I guess. Does that? I mean that. I mean you you know if that shocked you at the time, it might, does it shock you more now that the sort of that there's this sort of you know we're probably not far away from like lots of books being written if they're not already writ- being written yet about that era and films and stuff. Does that does it feel like you you know as someone that was there that you know even if you kind of got away from them and moved on, does it feel, does that feel bizarre? Yeah, I, I guess it, it would feel more bizarre if I like, um, if I participated sort of in, mm. in um, consuming whatever possible media there would be about that. I, I just, I just have a, 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 a pretty strong, like, um, wall up between like reading anything to do with anything that could possibly be to do with you know uh what i do or mm. anything like that you know i just I, I i i i avoid that stuff was so far away that i don't think i would ever know so but but is it weird for sure it's weird but you know i do think it was a really important moment just just in in its relation to 9-11 i mean i think mm. like that was the that was a big you know part of the catalyst was that 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 had happened and then and then people the world was looking at new york you know and going like so what what are you going to say about it that's how i felt like mm-hmm. i i felt like i couldn't put a put my pen down you know because it was just like you know you you had to you had to have something to say you know at that mm-hmm. point you know i i felt like and um and and so you know, and it was, and it was, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know if everyone's, you know, early, early twenties are like that. I don't know, mm. but it was, a, it was, it was an inspiring time, you know, and um, so I can see it getting mythologized. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's so, yeah, I mean, and um, blimey, <laughs> no, sort of thinking. I, I was going to ask you something about nine eleven, but I don't think I am because I don't think I've got the head to kind of come at it with respect. Fair enough. To, Fair to, enough. If, if Fair you know enough. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes it's best not to improvise, Paul. Remember that uh, to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like, and I think to be honest, with like, with with like, you know, when I was sitting in the cafe yesterday, and I kind of felt this before, but it was just strange to you know, connect with it again was like, I think like um, the album that I think spoke the most to me, uh, and again, it did yesterday was Drums Not Dead. And it was kind of interesting sitting in a cafe in Berlin and listening to it, because you, you recorded it in, in East Berlin, right, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Was that Funk House? Yeah. Right, yeah, that's amazing, amazing space. Yeah. What, what was the sort of reason for kind of uh, sort of, moving out there to record the album um yeah man i was just trying to get a get away from from what we were just talking about like i Mm. had moved from like uh brooklyn to new jersey and like i still felt like uh, that was for the second second record 
and I still felt like that was too too close to it, you know. And or or America at that point just ah oh, was it was a brutal time for America at that point. Um, and uh, there were yeah, so um, yeah, I I just decided to move to Berlin. I um we'd gone there on tour. Um, I knew that Mute, the record label mm. that we were on, had an office there, and I basically said to that those people at the office like. I want to move to Berlin. Can you like help me figure it out? And they, and they like totally like found a, a roommate, a guy who I'm still like super best friends with um, for me to live with. And I just like packed up everything and went there and I did, you know, it was just like, you know, exactly what I needed to do. And um, yeah. And so it was, it was amazing to work in that space that, um, funk house is just like insane. Um, as you know, and, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, what it offered me in, in Berlin really was, was, was isolation again, was like, Mm. I, 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 the, 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 the beauty of like being, uh, uh, unable to communicate really mm. you know where where like you can be on the train or like in the shops and people are talking around you and it's all a blur you know like mm. it it's really the really um it really offered me like this great uh headspace where um yeah i i i i, I was pretty like just like you know you know isolated is is the best way to put it i i really personally relate to that a lot because when i first started coming here i did like a room swap and it was because i wanted to get some writing done and yeah and i'd go and sit in cafes and write for the whole day and i didn't understand any words that were going on around uh-huh. me and then i had the kind of combination of just the isolation but also being able to observe like yeah. life you know it was just yeah. fucking yeah. beautiful time <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it's, it's what we were talking about before as well is being able to just like change your perspective enough that, yeah, it helps creatively, I think, you know, mm. um, to feel like a bit of an outsider. I just always have really relied on that a bit is that outside of like feeling where you're just like observing mostly. And uh, yeah, and, and so Berlin was, was, was super good for that. Yeah. So you say, I mean, kind of, when you know this sort of feeling of, of like relying on being an outsider or like drawing on being an outsider to kind of like restart and re refine yeah. some new way to kind of express yourself do you do you know do, do you sort of have things that you're thinking like you know you've got this album coming up but you do you have like ideas that you've kind of got in your mind for like okay I might do this other album in six years time or four years time or or is it just like you're going from one thing and then you're going to another thing and you let the process happen around you? Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no, definitely no grand plan. It's mm. sort of like I, I always, I always, I've said uh, recently, sort of a revelation, somewhat like for me was this idea of like feeling that that the the past for me like creatively was this sort of straight line you know where with with each record you i kind of i did something but i it propels you on to the next one uh but it's about sort of forgetting what's behind you and just sort of always going forward you know um is kind of the way i've sort of approached things and um and uh 
yeah, only recently just sort of realizing, kind of realizing that 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 maybe there is sort of like some things that that you do carry over through records and and that reappear um, in more of a like a like creative path being more like a spiral than a than a straight line or something, you know. So I. I I definitely know grand plan. It's it's mm-hmm. uh it's 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 being it's reacting to things. And I I I I basically just feel like each record is is a reaction to the one before is is pretty much the 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 math. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like the math, and I, I love the fact that the math has kind of altered as well from a straight line to a spiral as well. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate I appreciate it uh talking to you as well. I it's 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 always nice to uh to to have a session like that. <laughs> All, right. All right. Take care. Well, great have a good one. Yes. See you Paul. Bye. Ciao. Well, there you go then. That's Angus Andrew Liars chatting with me Paul Hamford for Lost and Sound in summer. 2021 oh, it's great to be back and it was great to have that chat uh with anger such a nice guy i really really appreciated how open and just like how how i chilled i guess i, I just really really enjoyed that chat and as i kind of mentioned before i was maybe a little bit kind of nervous before because um the way the music is so intense and the way like, you know, he comes across in the videos and stuff like that. He seems so sort of intense and, you know, he's obviously someone that's got such, such a vision of, of, of like how they do stuff. And there's such an intensity to even like the photo shoots he does that I was kind of prepared for uh, an encounter that was maybe, well, you know, you heard it, you heard it. Just really, really nice guy, super open super super lovely to chat with um the album the apple drop is out now on mute records i'd like to thank angus for chatting for zoe for sorting that interview out and mute records absolutely legendary label if you're a long-term listener to the show you might remember i had a chat with daniel miller um head of mute records uh the the author of the classic electro tune as well warm leverettes we had a chat about like He's a massive Berlin head. Um, And we had a chat about Berlin, about the kind of early music that Mute did here, like the Pesh Mode and and, and stuff like that, and the um, Fad Gadget. And that's in episode three. If if you're new to the show and you fancy going and checking that out, I have a little kind of really low-maintenance crowdsourcy thing. If you enjoy the show and you fancy donating the way it works is you can donate the price of a coffee or two and that's it really if you if you you know there's never any pressure but if you kind of fancy that you were listening and you thought oh you know he he does good stuff there i fancy like treating him to a coffee you know that always goes down really appreciated i'll put a link to that in the socials the 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 platform is coffee ko hyphen fi forward slash lost and sound uh, you can uh, buy me a coffee there if you wish, but you don't have to. Never any pressure, never any pressure. What I do this for is is connecting music, connecting music and and the life around it and the life that we all have with it. 
Um, I hope you're having a really, really, really amazing one today. I'd just like to give a big shout out to ESO for doing the title music, to Kieran Yates for giving a little master to the levels. Um, he always does that every week. Uh, thanks, Kieran. And to Bear Radio, this episode, as always, is hosted by bearradio.org. And if you want to check out other English language podcasts from Berlin, head over to bearradio.org. It's been lovely to be back. Um, I'll be back next week. Um, I hope you're having an amazing one. I hope whatever you do, you some something a little magical happens to you today. And I'll chat to you soon. 